Hello? Hello, Jeff? All right, is Joe going to join us? Aha, yes, sir. Welcome, boys. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming us, Justin. Of course. Of course. All right, today's episode is going to feature my two good, good friends, Andy Kim and Joseph Kim. Huge Canucks fans and hockey enthusiasts, I guess. You know, you guys want to just int- introduce yourselves real quick? Hi, I'm Andy Kim. I'm a, I live in Vancouver. I'm a Canucks fan. And yeah, I've been catching up with all the hockey games, the playoff games. And I'm so glad to be here with Justin. And I hope I can have a great time here with this podcast. Let's go. All right, Joe. Hi, my name is Joseph Kim. I also live in Vancouver. Um, I've been I've been a fan of the Vancouver Canucks for a very long time, but cannot lie, I've been a bit of a bang, bandwagon for a few years, following Pittsburgh and then right now Carolina. Um, I am a huge hockey fan. I'm a, also a bigger basketball fan, but I would say I don't watch as many games, but I'm still here to help, and I'm glad at this opportunity with Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe's really in the NBA and, like, uh, the Raptors especially. So next podcast, I, I'm interested in basketball too, so we can definitely uh, join or get get uh, Joe back on the podcast talking about the Raptors and stuff. Anyway, thanks for joining me, boys. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few topics, which is going to be the Canucks versus Blues. That's going to be our main topic uh, round one, game two, and maybe game one. So, yeah, uh, the Canucks have a 2 nothing series lead against last year's defending standing Stanley Cup champions. Thoughts about that? Thoughts about that? Um, you know, I think it's pretty interesting. You know, St. Louis last year, I remember they didn't really start off that great, but towards the end of the season, they started getting hot, and ultimately that led to winning the Stanley Cup. And right now, it looks like Vancouver is starting to get hot with the scoring leadership of Bo Horvat and Mark Strom playing very strong. I will say, um, I feel like the Canucks do have to maybe tighten up the defense a little bit because the St. Louis Blues have been out shooting them a lot, but Markstrom has been strong. But as we know, not every game, all goalies will make, will have some bad games. So Canucks can't rely on Markstrom every time. And but they need they also need to keep up their scoring. They're doing good on that. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Joseph a lot. Like we can't really depend too much on Markstrom because he he's he had some bad games before over the season, and it might happen in the playoffs. Let's just hope that he doesn't. But it can't happen to anyone. Um, as as a matter of fact, they've been playing perfect in the past two games with the St. Louis Blues. They just have to keep that up. But and just like that, maybe we can take this to game 
we can win game three and then game four too if we play exactly how we've been playing for the past two games. Um, our defense, Quinn Hughes especially, he's been he's strength he's been strengthened up his defense a lot. I'm surprised because he's been he's been uh, hot as lately as I, I wouldn't say not as good as Tanu, but he has been shining and you can see his improvement in his defensive plays. Yeah, uh, great, great analysis, and um, yeah, thanks for thanks for telling us your points about that. I really agree with Andy's point about Hughes' defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all know about his flashy offensive skills and his edge edge work. It's it's incredible for a twenty year old, but seeing his defensive awareness improving, especially in overtime, you can tell how like when he was pinning the the heavier St. Louis forwards on the boards. And I was like, I was like saying, like, you know, you got to do that. You can't let them escape. And he did just that. And of course, Tanev is a huge help. So I think that was huge. And yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, next topic here, we have St. Louis Blues heavyweight and like just um, their sturdy team, their physical team. So any comments about that and how Vancouver should, uh, you know, prepare and in games, in games three and four. Um. Well, St. Louis. There's a reason why they wanted to cut last year because, oh, they're a they're a good team. They will not let the first two games loss uh, bother them. They will obviously try to come back hard. So the Canucks just need to prepare with the right mindset. Just don't give them any easy shots. Just keep bodying them up. No. No uh, dumb penalties. Just play physical. Play physical. Okay. Play physical. Play physical, definitely. We have to um, – they've been playing to physical, so we have to play physical back at them because otherwise it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very fair, first of all. And other, it would it – would, it would, being physical is definitely a main factor of how you play your hockey because that's hockey is a physical game <laughs> and the blues are a veteran team they know what they're doing so even even after a loss they know that they have they have the potential to come back especially with the team that they have and honestly I, if Bennington strengthens up his goal goaltending game then it'll be way better it, their team's going to be way better and it's going to be much more difficult for the Canucks to not only score, but to prevent them from scoring. Definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. But like St. Louis is built to be a bigger team, and no matter how much Vancouver is trying to be physical and you know be the be the heavier weight team, we we just can't. So how do you think we can? What, what do you what do you think we need to do to? Kind of, you know, cover up that weakness of ours, I guess. No. Um. Well, I feel like we can't really. We can, we can't just depend. The Canucks can't depend on just using their stick. They obviously need to keep play. They need to play the body, and they need to. I think they should try to. Always stay in between, stay between the net and the offense of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's 
they will have to keep trying to just play physical. Like, don't let the weight bother them. Just keep playing. I agree. Um, good point, good point. The Canucks are such yeah. a young team. They can't. I. I don't think they. They are like old. Not really old enough, but like I don't think they have the body built to do all those hits and everything. Except for maybe J.T. Miller and and a few like Michael Ferland, he's injured, so um, mm. just a few other guys. Definitely Antoine Roussel. <laughs> um, uh, with a young team like that, I feel like staying disciplined is more important, and we should be push. We should keep pushing and pressuring the Blues, and that way it will it will definitely get them to not stay disciplined while we stay disciplined. I think the most more power play opportunities, the more goals that we have and the less chance they have on scoring to, on us while, um, while, while we still have to keep pressuring them. That is definitely for sure. That, that's a great point, Andy. And that leads to our next topic, which is the Canucks special teams which have been a huge factor in Vancouver, taking this 2-0 lead. Canucks have been answering on the power play and even got a shorthand goal from Bo Horvat, which we'll be talking about later. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about Vancouver's special teams? Why is it so effective? And how crucial is it against St. Louis for our special teams to perform? Well, obviously, the special team of Canucks are... They are they are very skilled. They have a lot of skillful offensive players like Horvat, Patterson, Besser, Miller, and then Quinn Hughes on the defense. He I would say he's one of the key players because he is really good at keeping the puck in, and he does make some good plays. He is and, yeah. Um, St. Louis they will always try to try to um. They will try to fix their problems, but the Canucks just gotta. They need to keep trying to draw penalties, just like just moving their and playing physical and just frustrate the St. Louis Blues. Mm. Yes, totally frustrate the Blues. That's what. That's why the the reason why we ha- weren't able to stay disciplined was was they even frustrating our our players and. We we got instead we should be frustrating them. I think that's I think that's a better plan rather than focusing on how they've been treating us. We should be focusing on how we are going to treat them, and that that's definitely going to help with our discipline and help help with them not getting their discipline. And uh, when it comes to the special teams itself, when it comes to the power play units, it's like to me it looks like the first power play unit is stacked. And then the second second power play unit is not as strong as the first power play unit, and it does make sense. But like, I feel like we should disperse that more. Maybe put Pearson on the first line rather than Bo Horvat, or put put Bo Horvat on the second power play unit. That way, um, it's gonna be we're gonna have both power play units would be generating scoring chances. To me, that would be my strategy. But of course, Travis Green knows what he's doing, and I don't blame him. I'm not criticizing him for what he's been doing with his first power play unit. And how he's been organizing his power play units, but I, that's what I think when it comes to the special teams with power plays. When it comes to penalty kill, uh, def, uh, we have Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson. 
and Tyler uh, and one of the power play units, and then Tyler Mott, and then Brandon Sutter. And that when if you see that power play unit right there, you know that Jay Beagle and Tyler Mott are the two beasts. But Travis Green has um, dispersed that into his first unit, first first penalty kill unit, and the second penalty kill unit. And I think that's I think that's the perfect penalty kill unit that I that I would want. And pretty much Travis Green was able to execute that, and I'm glad I'm glad he set up his team like that. Yeah, no, great points from you too, so, um, Joe. I like I love how you said um, Vancouver needs to frustrate St. Louis. I think they've already been doing that, but we need to continue doing that and not take uh, you know stupid, careless penalties against them. We need to frustrate them. We need them. We need Pedersen to keep drawing calls. Miller, Hughes, you know, Horvat, even like Louis Erickson. That's something he he can do more. Um, and what and for Andy. Something I really want to talk about with power play number two, because um, I don't, uh, this might be a hot take, maybe not, but I don't think Roussel, Antoine Roussel, should be on power play unit two, or any power play unit, honestly. Like, he's a great, feisty guy, you know, agitates the other team, pumps up hours, but he just doesn't belong on power play. He can't control the puck as well. Even though it bounces a little, a little rim around the board, just not, he's, I can't trust him to hold it in. Whereas, like, you know, Besser, he knows how to keep it in, use his body around the boards, keep mm. it in, get to Quinn Hughes, you know, keep the cycle going. But Roussel just doesn't know how to do that. And maybe Did I say Roussel should be on the power play? Yeah, I don't think Roussel should be on the power play. Um, oh, wait, did I say that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just mentioned that. Like, I used oh, okay. to use a week. I do agree. Myers isn't the best quarterback, but he's all right. Maybe getting Edler back there might be okay. And then I like Vertanen on the point. That's something I really like. Pearson's been really good uh, in the playoffs and playing against Minnesota. And then... Uh, yeah, exactly. His power play goal was actually a pass for Abelius Pedersen. And I yeah. feel like Pearson, Pearson up, and then I, I'm not saying Bo Horvat is a bad player. I'm just saying we should disperse the skill into exactly. the first power play unit, the second power play unit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I guess options... Let me ask you guys, like, who, who should Vancouver replace Roussel with uh, on the second unit? Um, or, and, and do you agree with me that Roussel doesn't belong on the power play and that we need to change that up? The problem right now is that we have Michael Furlan and Tyler Toffoli injured, right? I'm pretty That's sure... Toffoli um, in the second unit would be a huge boost. But, but he, is, he is injured right now, so yeah. Foley would be great on that second unit, I would say. He has the experience. He's been on cup, a cup-winning power play team, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, I mean, uh, LA Kings, when, when they knocked us out in 2012. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Or, or since the first unit is so lethal, it's okay, you know, like, Sure, the second unit's weak, but since we loaded up so much on the top unit, it's okay. And it just works. It don't fix what's not broken. Is that what you think? Thoughts? Maybe Travis Green never planned the second power play unit to generate scoring chances. More of, let's not give up, you know, shorthanded goals. I think that's what the second power play unit is about. Okay. Maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> Joe? Joe? 
Um, I th- I can see I can kind of see why Roussel would be on the power play line because he is a he's like a power forward I guess he's a grinder he can get those puck battles if ever needed but mm. yeah, I feel like I feel like it can also be a more of like a safe line where they won't give up as much shorthanded opportunities. So, yeah, I think right now it seems to be working decent. So maybe don't change it up until you see if you until you see some like big like problems, but I I say just keep it for now. Okay, okay. I agree, I agree. I mean, if you want to generate scoring chances for the second player play unit, maybe replace Antoine Roussel with Zach McEwen. Maybe that would help because you I, I believe Zach McEwen is very underrated. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on board with that. I like Zach McEwen's ability to hold the puck a little bit longer has really impressed me. Like, uh, uh, in, like you know, except. Like because he, he's got the physical attributes, but then he's got a little bit of you know a sl- he can snipe it a little bit. He can hold the puck a little longer, make plays. So that's something I might be interested in. Yeah, he's a right-handed guy. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I, I don't know. Maybe get Edler back on second unit because he's got the experience. He's I feel like that might be keep Myers just on the penalty kill and you know, the second. Mm-hmm. In the line like yeah. Yeah. Uh, just last game, um, Edler was taking risks, and he let he he his giveaway actually led to a goal yesterday. Yeah, I didn't like that. But yeah, that was that was not. A and good it time. happened in the first period too, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's more of his defensive plays, not really his offense, because his offense isn't really struggling, right? So maybe that that could be an idea. Yeah, I, I was worried that it could leave into a shorthanded goal, right? Yeah, because apart I'm worried from, about because apart from Hughes and Tanev, because Tanev has been an absolute machine <laughs> getting points, which is awesome to see. But Edler hasn't been getting that many points. Can someone check for me how many points Edler has? But yeah, he hasn't been a huge difference on the you know score sheet, but. He's been, he's been all right, I think. He ha- hasn't made, made too many huge mistakes apart from, like, you know, that giveaway that led to uh, St. Louis scoring that second goal. But mm-hmm. So, for the for six games, he has three points, three oh. assists. Oh, wow. Okay. That just so quietly Edler's producing a little bit, which is, which is always something he's done. So, that's, that's, that's good. Okay. Uh, next topic. It's a big one. Um, there's no exactly the same as 2014-2015 season. He also played six games before the Canucks got knocked out of the series, and he picked up three points. <laughs> Calgary, Calgary, I believe. Probably, 20, yeah, 2015. That's probably Calgary. Yeah, um, yeah. Big topic here is St. Louis Blues five on five play, and it is it's for it's a fact. Even Canucks, when I have to admit, they they are. You know, outplaying us for sure. I I don't know if they're dominating us, but they're definitely outplaying us, and we are, you know, respect a lot on five on five play, and our special teams are bailing out, bailing us out. 
and then um, Shannon from the hockey guy, he didn't mention like how much the Blues have been, you know, taking over, especially in game game two against us after they were trailing four two. So what do you, what do you think we can do to, you know, like equal that? Because because we can't keep on, you know, getting getting pushed back by by the Blues five on five because. You know, what if I special teams one night doesn't click, and that that can definitely happen. So, um, the Saint obviously the Saint Louis Blues, they're they are skilled. They have a lot of a few power forwards like Ryan O'Reilly who can just just power through. Um, I think the Canucks need to play a bit of like a kind of a mix uh like kind of not trap but like try to take away the passing lanes but also staying in front of the players so like it makes it a bit tough for the blues to just advance through the neutral zone and stuff and when when they're in the defensive zone i think they should just stay between the players and not give and try to take away as much space away from them. Okay. I totally agree. Don't give them room, basically. That's all I can mm. say. Because what we've been doing is we've been creating, like Kevin Biesa once said in his inter- in his um, post-game interview, um, Jay Beagle and Tyler Mott, when they're together, they know each other. So when Jay Beagle can't cover, Tyler Mott is already there covering. And it's like they know each other. That's the type of gameplay that we have to play. When one person when one player can't cover, the other player should automatically be covering or should at least try to cover, go for the covering. And um, that's as you can see, this is more like a penalty kill unit. But of course, they're also on the same line when it comes to five on five. And I think that yeah, I don't think they've been doing that as much often compared to the power, the penalty kill. I keep on saying power play for some reason, <laughs> but yeah, I think if that if that if that's how the Canucks play when it comes to five five v five, when it comes to the Peters the fir, the Pedersen line and then the Bohorvat line, if every single line plays like that, it will definitely improve our defensive gameplay. Um, we need to work on trying to intercept those passes and try to create goal our scoring oper- and create a scoring opportunity for us and try to get the puck as out of the, as out of the zone as much as we can so we can prevent them from coming prevent their breakouts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh here's a question for you um say the Canucks are leading 2-1 with like six minutes to go. what lines are you going to throw out there to stop and you know hold on to the lead I guess, yeah. Um, I might want. I think I would like to have Horvat on there because he is a really good two-way player. He can play. He has pretty good defensive awareness, and when he gets out on the break, as you saw, he can be very lethal. So if the Blues make a mistake, Horvat will most likely make them pay. But other than that he will play pretty well in the defensive zone. And to pair with him, maybe maybe Roussel, because he is a grinder. He will grind for the puck battles and stuff. And 
Uh, I'm not sure who the, who else on there for now, but I'll give it to Andy. All right. Um, it's, it really depends where the faceoff is in for the next few six, let's say the last six minutes. If it's in the offensive zone, I would either put the first. I would put the no, second line because huh? a defensive draw, defensive draw for sure. Defensive draw, definitely. It would be third and the fourth line because we need uh, you know, Jay Beagle for the faceoffs. We gotta, we gotta defend as much as we can. Tyler Ma, he's pretty fast. Uh, I think he's pretty fast. He's not maybe not fast as Vertanen, but he's pretty fast. Let's say he's like the Jake Vertanen of the line, right? I'm guessing uh, Jay Beagle wins the faceoff, and then Tyler Ma gets to puck out of the zone because all we need to do is stall time. That's that's that. I, that would be our goal. Um, and then Jake Vertanen would be would, when Brandon Sutter will win the faceoff, and then Jake Vertanen will get it out of the way. That's pretty much the puck out of the zone as much as we can. That's I, that's that would be my strategy. When it's in the defensive zone, when it's in the offensive zone, I would put Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat's line as much. I think. You know, unless we can, once we have full game control, I would put my first line out. That's how my strategy would be when it comes to the last six minutes of holding off the Blues. From okay, okay. Um, there's that, you know, there's that saying where you can't just, you know, park the bus and like play defense because that's going to burn you. So do you think, do you think Vancouver just, you know, just hold on or do you think, they should try to, you know, get some scoring chances as well and kind of even it out. Um, well, like I said, I think they should not just hold on, but play a bit more defensively, but also look out for those uh, fast break opportunities or your out-of-man rushes. Mm. And, like, try to force – just try to force turnovers um, and then just try to get some quick out-of-man rushes. So like kind of kind of like uh, Hughes's pass to Horvat, you know. Yeah. Horvat was and then, yeah, I took that nicely, and then it, yeah. that was the Blues were like really pressuring, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Anything to add? The spot on. I would say to keep it safe because you know how the Canucks can choke sometimes because we're such a young team and we're maybe we're not as we're not as um, experienced compared to the Blues. So we should definitely continue scoring, definitely. Um, But I just just don't think that we should be laying back in the past last six minutes because especially how how experienced the Blues are. And last game, we were three – it was three to one. We kind of laid back, and that's why they tied the game at 3-3. So – and it's definitely a – hockey is definitely a mind game. Definitely a mind game, and we just have to consider the factor that um, the last six minutes can be very crucial at times. And as long as our team understands that, I don't think there's going to be a huge problem. Okay. Okay. Great points. Great points. Um, now we move on to a controversial but always talked about topic: the refs. And um, I'm just going to say they really he- heavily favored St. Louis. It led to uh, Sammy Blaze's goal at 3-2. And then when they tied it, um, Tanner Pearson got high stick. I saw it, and then they didn't make a call. And then eventually Petrolangelo's shot got deflected. 
into the net. They tied it and it went to overtime. Thoughts about the refs and yeah. Um, well, I haven't seen the game, but refs are usually a little bit biased towards either like the better team or like the, the defending champions or just whichever. If they if they have players that they dislike, they tend to be a bit more hard on them. Like, for example, in the in the NBA, like obviously. Um, the Toronto Raptors are the defending champs. I feel like they do get away with some calls. And then some other times, teams like... I remember when like players like Stephen Curry, he will sometimes get the four-point play even though there was no contact. Mm. Or if, there, if some, there was this one time, I remember he was going for a layup and he just, he just slipped. But first, and there was no contact, but the ref still called it an and. So yeah, I feel like the refs are a bit um, biased towards some players and teams. And well, the ref, refs are humans, you know. They usually get like maybe ninety, like around mid nineties percent of the calls right. But honestly, I think the Canucks just gotta keep playing if anything bad with the refs happen. Mm. Uh, honestly mm-hmm. yeah yeah Andy, Andy. yeah honestly I just want to hope that they've been they've been get they've been supporting the St. Louis Blues because they were the home team I just want to believe that because that would mean the next two games <laughs> we would we would be demolishing them right mm, that's a good um, point that's a good point maybe yeah because the thing is even after even even though the refs are very biased towards St. Louis, still won. Exactly. We still uh, won. We, we, uh, don't yeah. you think that's that's the main point? Like, don't you think that's the most important thing about our team? That even though even though the refs are biased, we still managed to come out victorious, and we still managed to stay more disciplined than the other team, surprisingly, because we had way more power play opportunities than them. Andy, you said you watched the game, game two, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't watch this part of the game, but apparently Myers and Sutter got hit like from behind, and then apparently we took the penalties. We took yes, okay. That was a bit... Okay. I totally get... Okay, the, it's, the problem with this, the fact that people don't realize is the hit from Sutter from behind was never actually called a penalty. The reason why we got the penalty was because Jay Beagle got frustrated about the hit and went for Blaze, I think it was. Yes, it was Blaze. Samuel Blaze. He went for Samuel Blaze for a call that the refs didn't call. And that's what's that's what the refs called as a penalty. Wow. So, so the, yeah, the call, the hit on Sutter, it should definitely have been a call, but it wasn't a call. And then, in my opinion, Jay Beagle was only – standing up for his teammate because his teammate almost got injured right there. And um, I totally understand why the rest would call that a, pe- uh, a penalty because he went, he was aggressive when, when it was, when it was a hit that was not called. And I think that's why we got the penalty for being ag- more ag- for being aggressive in the first place. And um, I honestly didn't like the call because 
honestly, if you're gonna if you're gonna not penalize that hit on Sutter, at least not penalize us for standing up for a teammate. Mm. That's how that's the least we could do. Okay. Or if you're gonna penalize Jay Beagle for being aggressive, then at least penalize Blaze for that dangerous hit on Sutter. And mm. I totally understand why the rest did that. Definitely biased right there. Mm. But I don't blame them. <laughs> no, yeah, th- those are really good points and neutral, neutral uh, thoughts, especially Joe. Like, um, but one thing I don't agree is I don't think they get 90%. I would even say like almost 70%, sometimes 60%. Yeah, I know they're human. Uh, we hear it all the time, refs are human. But some calls, especially in the playoffs, su- such vital moments. Like like I like I watch baseball, and I remember um, – Gar- well, I forgot his name, but it was like – it was a pitcher that was going to get a perfect game for the Detroit Tigers. And then the, the umpire blew the call. It was, it was so blatant that he was out. He called him safe. It, it ruined his perfect game. And then you say like, yeah, refs are uh, umpires, refs are imperfect, but it's like at that point, it's like you know, it, the, the the damage is done already. So I feel like refs do need to be better, but sometimes we are giving them a hard time. But yeah, especially against Vancouver, I think uh, being a Canucks fan for over ten years now, it is it is um, it is a fact that Vancouver doesn't get the calls. And when we do get the calls, it's a very rare thing. Yeah, there's that. And um, I've been watching the Fox version of hockey and the Sportsnet version of hockey. And Fox News says that that every game, the Blues are the better team. But I don't quite agree with that because otherwise then they would have won, right? Um, well, I um, that's why I mentioned the Blues five on five, five on five. They really pressure. They really outplayed us. I, I would say, like even like the mm-hmm. uh, the minutes I watched in the third, I was getting a little scared. Um, and then like like I said, there's something I mentioned before the series began was, and it's something I got from like you know Clay and like the other Canucks YouTubers and stuff, predicting. But I knew Vancouver, in order for us to no win against St. Louis. We need to take advantage of special teams. If they're going to take penalties, they're going to get rough. We take advantage of them, get the calls, and then make them pay on the power play. Sure, we're going to get outplayed five on five, but if we score on the power play, they're going to have to answer back with the you know even strength goal. So that was our way of and and good penalty killing, and that's something we've done, and that's why we won the first two games. A shorthand. What are your thoughts? Or three, yeah. What are your thoughts on the how how the Vegas Knights are leading the Chicago Blackhawks three nothing? Well, well it's something expected. Uh, Vegas is <laughs> such a heavy, heavy good team, such a good structured team, and it's something like even more than St. Louis. I would say they were just so good on the boards. It's impossible to like you know when you're trying to clear it around, they're gonna hold it in every time. They just have the kind of players that do that, and they have the clutch scores like Marquito and Stone. I hate Vegas, but I have to agree they're definitely a tough team to play against. And Chicago, Chicago <sighs> team, they're they're just yeah. not taking the chances. Like Kubalik had an open chance. 
like Kirby Doc had an open chance. They just missed the net, you know, like, and they're not taking advantage of the power play. They let in a shorthanded goal. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do, right? Like if you can't, if you let a shorthanded goal and you're not taking your chances, Vegas is going to And they only lost by one goal. So like that, that shows how that shorthanded yeah. yeah, like, goal killed themselves. You know, they just, they're the downfall of their own demise kind of. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Next point. Ah, yes. Bo Horvat. Thoughts on Bo Horvat? He is. He has taken. I feel like he has stepped up a lot, and obviously you expect that from your captain. But yeah, he stepped up a lot. He is making a most out of his chances and. You know, he's just being a really good he's just being a good player right now. He's jump starting the Canucks off at the beginning of the games. He is he's scoring clutch shots to keep them in the game and win the game. Um yeah, I, he's just playing really well right now and he's uh, just need to keep it up. What do you what do you think made uh both just so dynamic and you know, just taking over games and scoring all these big goals all of a sudden? You know, um, I think he just, when he started, I think he just started to get hot and then he took advantage of that. Kept, yeah, just kept, he just took advantage of it and then, like, just took it to every game and didn't change anything about it. So he kept, like, making good plays and and he got rewarded. Andy? Well, four goals in two games. <laughs> four goals in two games. Eight points in six games. It's it's insane, honestly. I, I, I just want to see him keep on doing that. I'm not quite sure what maybe what made him like that. Maybe maybe he was hungry for the cup. He definitely knows this could be the only chance with all those Great players on our team, and you never know. With Barstrom, it's being his, it's his last contract, right? And Chris Tanev also being the last contract. Mm-hmm. Trey Stetcher also being his last contract last year. And he understands that this is the only chance for the Canucks to win the cup. And he's doing it for Vancouver, man. He's doing it for Vancouver. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And some thought, some things I definitely you know, think otherwise, but that, that's the beauty of podcasts and debating and, you know, just talking about sports. So you're always going to have different points. And yeah, Bohorat's first goal in game two, I watched it at work and like, I, I saw a glimpse of it. I, I saw him, I saw, I didn't see him get like past, I forgot that a Ford, which he absolutely dusted. And I feel like he might've scored the playoff goal of the year, maybe goal of the year. Arguably, I don't know. That might be biased, but that was a ridiculous goal. But you, you have to know, you know, Bo's, Bo's been making those moves since his rookie year. He just hasn't been scoring as many, but now he's tar- starting to convert his those those nasty dangles, and it's great to see. But that was probably one of the dirtiest goals ever. Um, and, yeah, I agree with Joe. I don't think he's ever slowed down. He's always been super solid, making great plays. He's the captain. 
but now he just he got hot. He got hot all of a sudden. He feels you know. Feels that playoff pressure, that playoff motivation, even though there's no fans, and like a lot of I think um, a couple analysts said, oh, it was just a playoff performer. And I agree. I think go for the playoffs. That's I think that's what Tanner Pearson said, and it's great to see uh, his teammate coming like that. And everyone loves Bo, and also Bo has a new kid too. I think that's a huge um, boost to him. He has, he has like you know his child and a family, and life's good for both. So, yeah, yeah. Honestly, with that contract that we gave him, I think it's a steal. Oh yeah, it's, it's an absolute steal. Five, five and a half for our, for our Brock Besser too. Uh, Besser definitely a little bit less of a steal because it is a bridge contract, but still, I think that is a good deal. Five and a half. It's he's still getting less paid than. Louis Erickson? Um, <laughs> but not going to... I mean, not, the Canucks are 5-0 with, with Louis. Yeah, exactly. The Canucks are 5-0 with Louis. I saw a couple of movies, and I'm like, you know, we always say little things, Louis. He does the little things so well. And like Shannon from Hockey Guy says, he tries, and he really does. Sure, he doesn't score a lot, and his hands are like not the best. He missed the... Uh, you know, backdoor play, but he tries. And he's doing well in the penalty kill, so you can't really blame him for that. So, yeah, hope Bo continues this tomorrow. We put a stranglehold, and we'll move on from there. Um, yeah, thoughts on Chris Tanev? He's definitely more unsung. And, uh, yeah, I want to know your thoughts about Chris Tanev. Um, well, Chris Tanev... He is also he is also just playing well. He he's he's not afraid of the big moments. He definitely stepped up in the against um Minnesota, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, that was a that was a big shot. And yeah, I think his awareness and his experience is helping him a lot. Yeah, he just he's just starting to get hot as well, Bo and one might say he is also a playoff player. Who knows? I agree. I agree. I think Tan is built for the playoffs, and as long as he stays healthy, he's going to keep performing. You know? Yeah. Right. Andy? Uh, he's a very crucial player to the Canucks because he's the one who's, who's carrying the defensive plays. Uh, without him, honestly, I'm not quite sure how the playoffs would have ended. Honestly, we could have lost the game-winning goal that he scored because that goal would have never existed if we never had Tannic, right? True. Honestly, we wouldn't have made it to the play round drop. We wouldn't have been able to play the round robin or even make into the first round of the playoffs if it wasn't for him because he's the one who's been carrying our defense in during the season too. So... A lot have, a lot would have been different without him, and he's a very crucial player to our team. So, that's, I think we should we should be trying to keep him as much as we can. And that might sound greedy, but <laughs> on it's it's the truth, you know. Without yeah. him, the, the Canucks wouldn't be as good as we expect us to, to be. Yeah, at least our defense. With our defense, yes. Yeah, no. And then with Quinn Hughes, oh. 
No, yeah, ten men. We talk about you know news. We we got uh, we know we um. What do we do? We, we love Quinn Hughes so much, like you know, we love his talent and his playmaking and his points. But a real commander of our defense is Chris Tanev. I've always thought it was, and he has proven it again. He's the one that calms everyone down. He's the reason Quinn Hughes can do what he can. Like you saw, I, I don't know if you saw, but he also got paired with like Oscar Fantenberg a couple times and. They look fine. And guess what? It's because Chris Tanev is there to settle things down. And I think people say, of course, Markstrom, even Pedersen, who made that game-saving stop. Oh, my goodness. I thought my, I thought my heart was going to drop there. But and then, but also, yeah, Corvette, who scored the winner. He, he was like the overtime hero. But I think Chris Tanev was the overtime MVP. If you saw his defensive plays that, like, and that was when uh, Chris was like really in our zone, almost like ending it, looking really dangerous. In Chris Tanev, there was a there was a play where right beside his neck, he put his stick down, and it's something I think young hockey players learn: put your stick down, put your knee out, don't let any room for that pass to go through. And he did that. He gobbled up the puck on the boards. He got he won those puck battles, made those clutch blocks, and I, yeah, like. He's like, I can only say he's a warrior. He's built for the playoffs. He, of course, like he doesn't show. Maybe sometimes he doesn't want to win, or like he's the most competitive guy. But you can see how much he competes, and how much of a heart and soul guy he is for Vancouver in this play. So I definitely think Chris Tanner was our overtime hero. He was the reason we got a chance to win when Bohorak got that nice pass from Hughes. So, yeah. I totally agree. He has heart. He does. He does. He just doesn't say it all the time, but you know, he just he, he shows it. I think Canucks fans saw, even like casual fans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shaking in overtime. I think most Canucks fans were. I know Pearson was like in his uh mic'd up thing on YouTube. He was like, "I love overtime. I love overtime too, but I I, I can't say I'm not terrified." Yeah, overtime. They even we might be we we are good in overtime, but it's never a unstressful or a sure thing. Exactly. Like the eleven seconds one with Christian was a little less because you know he ended it very quickly. But even then, you were like, oh, you know, we don't want Minnesota to force game five. Yeah. That's why we watch, right? That's why we watch sports. That's why we live for that. Heart, heart, like gutting, gut, perf, gutty, perf, gutsy performances. Anyway, enough pushing about. Um, yeah, final point here. Uh, are there NHL games? If you guys want to talk about that, we can talk about the round robin or like the play, play in the teams that were eliminated to, or just like round one. So, any thoughts about any teams and stuff like that? Um, I think we should maybe talk about Vegas and Chicago right now because obviously Vegas is on the horizon to sweep Chicago. Um, well, I haven't obviously uh, I haven't seen any of the Chicago games, but from the highlights I've seen, 
it's like it's Corey Crawford. I think he needs. There were some goals I think he could have saved, but yeah, I, the Blackhawks need to. They need to step up. They need to help Crawford, and they need to. Yeah, they need to just be aware more, have better awareness on the defensive end. Hmm. They're off. I mean, their goaltenders are Corey Crawford, Colin Delia, Malcolm Subban, and Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. Well, Corey, I mean, Corey Crawford. He was a champion. Corey, that's the only goalie that he was a champion. He's 35 now. He's older. Well, you can say the same you can't expect much of his flexibility, right? I've always liked Flurry. He's he's been a beast. But yeah, uh, he's 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 getting up there in years too, right? How old is he? Thirty-three? Something? Um I believe he is I think he. I think Flurry is also around the age thirty-five. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, he was born in nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. Same age. Yeah, same age as Crawford. Thirty-five. Exactly. You know, just it just shows how good of a goaltender and consistent Flurry is. He is a first overall pick, so. Yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah. Um, let's talk about Canadians and Flyers. Whoa. Kerry Price is. He's, I, he's back to his uh, former self, making those big saves. And. The last game I saw, I'm pretty sure. In game two, uh, yes. Canadians won five nothing. Canadians just got to. That was an amazing game. Canadians just got to keep playing, like they did in game two, and they'll get by the Flyers. Uh, For the Flyers, they're just facing a hot goaltender, so they just need to try some new. Maybe try some new strategies. Maybe just. Move the puck around more, get some bodies and for look for the rebound, tips, deflections. And that will help the flyers. You just gotta pepper price right now, you know, with shots. Yeah. I mean Carter Hart was just not that good. He's a young goaltender, right? Like I think carried the experience yeah, yeah. edge over Carter. So there's that, yeah. I mean, he didn't play like game one. He did the complete opposite. So. I've always liked Kerry. I've always liked, not my favorite team, but like, always liked the Canadians. They're a Canadian team. Their name itself is Canadian, right? So, I want, uh, well, I'm cheering for the Canadians for sure. I'm a little biased towards them. But I think Canadians play like they did game two, you know, capitalize on their chances, score on the power play. Gary Price plays lights out, or maybe not even lights out, but well, I definitely think he can beat the Flyers. 
I'm a big fan of them. They're my second favorite team, but it's uh, Toronto. <sighs> and, uh, only sighs come out when you talk about Toronto after that ridiculous game four comeback. Game five, they got shot out. Three um, I don't know where to go from here. You know, Frederick Anderson, there's thoughts that he might be traded for Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. That, they, that, that seems interesting. Defender, you have Mitch Marner. If Johnny Tavares, but like it can't score in game five, like Tavares got robbed a couple of times by uh, a Hawk Olten. Yeah, who made 85 saves in 88 games. We might talk about that. Yeah, I don't know where to go from here. That it's just it sucks. You know, they didn't face like Boston and they still got knocked out. It's tough to be a Toronto fan. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just wait. Just yeah. we just gotta wait, I guess, for like Matthews and Marner to like hit their prime. I guess so. But something I think um, game five can't happen. Yeah. Not like... Let's quickly talk about uh the long, oh, the fourth longest game in NHL playoff history. <laughs> uh, that was interesting. I honestly wanted it to last until like 11 p.m. I would have been down for that. Like, I know the players would have been like bag skating almost, like crawling, but Seth looked like he was having the time of his life. Like, he looked fresh and it was, it was weird. But yeah, your thoughts about that? Well, it was definitely very entertaining. Um, you know, the social media pages of other teams are pretty funny too, like the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, Carolina. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, the, the, the community is very supporting. I'm loving the friendly banter. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what else to say because both teams played all their hearts out, and ultimately, uh, I did Tampa Bay one right. Yeah, Braden Point scored a laser. I think I I think Corpusalo should have stopped it, but you can't really blame him when he makes eighty five moves on eighty eight shots. You know, you can't be like, yo, why didn't you say that one? It's like, yeah. bro, did you see how many saves I made? <laughs> Yeah, nothing. No game lasts forever. It eventually goes to stop. But that was a hell of a shot. Raiden Point. He's my favorite player on uh, Tampa Bay, and he's got a wicked shot. Kudos. Yeah. To him for sure. It sucks to lose in those type of games, but you just got to bounce back. Yeah, they did, and, and then they did. Tampa Bay won. It did. I'm happy about. It, yeah. yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay Lightning. They're just they're playing their best hockey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hope Tampa. Can play. Yeah, yeah. But after, yeah, cause, cause... I think it's been. No, no, yeah, continue, Andy, continue. Yeah, last year I think the reason why the Columbus Blue Jackets were able to beat Tampa Bay Lightning was because they also had Tortorella as their coach, right? And Tortorella coached the Tampa Bay Lightning before. 
Tortorella is a, a smart coach. So he knows the how man's to have a smart coach. Win. Say what you will about his like temper issues. The man knows how to win. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy, crazy. The game lasted six hours. Oh my goodness. And Jones skated an NHL yeah. record of sixty-five hours. I'm tired. I was, I was shocked. I'm like, does this man like you know run for days? It's, it's crazy. And you're doing uh, this on also doing that like after quarantine. Like oh yeah, like they must have they they had to grind staying in shape. Exactly. Like uh, like uh, the players during like intermission and stuff, and after the game, they were like, "Yeah, we had like water, hydrate yourself, and like had some some guys had some food, probably like granola bars and stuff like that." But man, those teams, I was a, I was. It's a very, very, very long grinding game. It was definitely something to watch. All right, Colorado and Arizona. Uh, too much to say. I guess I like Colorado better. They are faster, more, more. You know, uh, flashy team they got. You know. Calder favorite or Calder uh, Calder candidate Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and like Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, fun, fun team. Arizona's definitely more like a Minnesota. They try to grind the other team down, play lower scoring games. Something I'm not a huge fan of. But yeah, thoughts, Sandy, because you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. As you guys know, Colorado is my second favorite team. Uh, honestly, I would love it if Colorado would win, because that way, if the Canucks go against them, it's wow. gonna be an intense matchup. It's gonna be a be hot sudden. matchup. Um, I mean, definitely, I would want the Canucks to win, and if the Canucks lose, I'd be very disappointed. But it would be, I would love, I would want to watch that game. I would want to watch. Oh that yeah, match. Again. No matter what the case. Whether the Canucks won or lost, I would want to watch that. But then if Arizona wins, then it would be much easier for us. Right? Yeah, it would, yeah, for sure. But... <laughs> um, I believe if Colonox and Avalanche are going to get match up, matched up with each other, it will be conference finals. Oh, man, that would be crazy. My goodness. Um, and we can see who the real Calder winner should be, you know. Kale McCarr versus Quinn Hughes. Yeah, that will be an interesting oh, lineup. Bo oh, Horvat again, Azimkot. They're both play, they both play similar two-way games too, so. Yeah. Oof. Very exciting. It will, yeah. If things will get very interesting for the Canucks if they advance and if Calgary beats Dallas which I believe will happen it will be another iconic Canucks Flames rivalry matchup in the playoffs that's going to be stressful but I can't wait to get our revenge against Calgary hate them with a passion so uh, yeah that will be a great series 
Um, yeah, yeah. Any any other NHL team thoughts? Washington oh, is a New York Islanders. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah, I had I I have Islanders beating the Capitals back in Okanagan. Like last year, Islanders, I'm pretty. They beat the Pen. And honestly, the Caps, the Capitals, they are kind of over choking. Besides last two years ago, but yeah, I think the Capitals just need to, you know, they just need to keep playing. They need to. Just tighten up the defense. Not don't give the Islanders a lot of fast break chances because they have a lot of skilled players that are good on the fast break, like Matt Barzell. Um, I'm not sure how well Hopi is playing, but Hopi needs to be better. Hopi needs to be better for Washington to have a chance. Yeah, he scored the only two goals in that loss. When they lost, like, a, a score. 4-2, yeah, 4-2. Yeah, because so. Netsov and, I don't know, like, TJ Oshie, they have to step up. They need to try to generate points. Washington should win, you know? Like, they're just yeah. choking. So, I, I hope Washington wins, but we'll see. I just feel bad for John watching his old team just, like, you know, do well in the playoffs while his team can't get out of round. Yeah. Real sad. <laughs> um, what, what do you guys think that the uh, final going to be like? I want to go all the way there, but... For right now, I think it's going to be Vegas and Boston. Because, well, unless Carolina can beat Boston, and I think I do believe they have a good chance, I think, yeah, I think Boston will end up in the play uh, finals again against Vegas. I don't think. Okay, I've got feeling of my tells me Boston's not the finals. I from Eastern Conference right now. I'm leaning Islanders. I want the I'm Islanders. Canadians or uh, Tampa Bay. I think that could be. A Canadians will be very interesting. And they're going to have to go through some tough teams. But, yeah, my gut feeling, my heart right now is saying Vancouver and Montreal. That would be an interesting lineup. Yeah. Matchup. I can see that. I'm going to say Vancouver and the Islanders. Oh. oh, that's a rematch in 84. Uh, I believe 84. Uh, huge Canucks fans, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 84 is when New York knocked us out. They have the final, I believe. Yeah. But we can't hate them, though. It's not like they're like they're not, they're not a rough... They're just a rival. Islanders are just a very high-skilled yeah. team. Well, this, that's the same thing we said about Minnesota, but it turned out how great of a rivalry rivalry it could be in the future. You know, like they hate each other. That was a great series. 
Yeah. One of the best. Honestly, I think every team hates Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, yeah, just seeing them dive all over the ice was kind of, you know. Yeah, it's like they're, it's like they're the fish, not the wild. No, it, it, like, around. You know, like, they, they, I guess, like, if Michael Phelps gets hurt or, like, you know, he they can replace him on the diving team. But, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good diving, you know, swimming team for sure. Yeah, they would first. They would win first. Or it's all team fans, but it's true. So. If you can't win the cup, at least win exactly. The <laughs> win the gold medal for diving. But yeah. Um, yep. Any last teams? Or? Um. Last game, Boston and Carolina. Oh. I I know. Um. Joe. Second favorite team? Joe. The first start. is uh, Carolina. He lost Carolina. So, Joe, you want to talk about Boston Carolina real quick? Well, they played well. The, I, I honestly think they played well every game. Just, you know, Boston is obviously a very competitive team, a bit of a – a bit dirty. And the Hurricanes are more – they're more – they're young. But they're under the leadership of Justin Williams, and I think that's he's a good leader. Um, honestly, if Mrazek or Beimer can just keep playing very good goaltending, the Hurricanes they play def- they just play a bit better on a defense, and they just and it's just keep generating points. I think they should be able to get by Boston if. But you know that's easier said than done. Boston is a very good, highly skilled team. Um, Svechnikov, he is doing very well. Like I've seen him making a lot of good plays, and even though some of them don't get converted into a goal, but he's still making a lot of good plays on the offensive end. Um, yeah, I, that's all I have so far. But yeah. I would didn't, love. Didn't, didn't I would love Andre to see some better. Get hurt? Didn't, didn't he get hurt, or is he okay? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the games yet, but I hope he's not hurt, or else that would be that would be a big a big blow to their offense. Well, Boston has a huge blow to their goaltending. <laughs> so this is a huge chance for Carolina, I would say. Yeah. But don't underestimate Holland. That's true. Black definitely has the experience, but he's no rasp. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, honestly, Carolina. Oh, so um, whenever they had Mrazek in that, they lost every game. Ooh. Game Hot one team. and game three, both played by Mrazek, and they lost. Game two was played by Ryan. Razik the reason for Carolina's downfall so far. I don't want to say that though. Because Mrazik has been hot in this during the season. For Mrazik, mm-hmm. um, I think he's kind of like Justin Thomas. Good. He's really good. When he's bad. Hey, let's go. Yeah, honest. Like for Mrazek, he's a bit he's a bit up and down, but when he's good, he's really good. So 
but but Justin Thomas number one ranked in the world right now. So that is true. Uh, I don't know. I, it's just like a slight comparison that I can think of. Wait, he didn't have the greatest tournament at you know a golf major PGA Championship. So I guess I guess you're right there. Any last thoughts? Last teams. Um. Um. Connor McDavid has the most points in the playoffs, but then Edmonton got demolished by the Chicago Blackhawks. What are your thoughts well, on that? I'm, I don't like Edmonton, so I'm like, I'm laughing right now. I mean, it feels bad for Connor and Drysaddle. You know, Connor carried Edmonton against Anaheim a few playoffs ago. You know, they Edmonton, the Oilers just choked. I think they just don't have enough depth or like enough. I I agree. I agree. They just don't have the depth to help out Connor and Drysdale. They're honestly Koskinen didn't play that well, or or Smith. Uh, Smith played decently actually, but Koskinen. I mean, everyone's been blaming the goaltenders. Well, Edmonton. Who's Edmonton's goalie? They actually used Smith, Smith, used and Smith a lot, and he played well in the games I saw. And then I saw a couple of days or like a week later, and Chicago eliminated them. I was like, wait, what happened? I thought they had control of the series. I think they lost in five, I believe. Yeah. I might watch the highlights again, but feels bad for Edmonton again. Yeah, there's. Edmonton, I, they're kind of like. Toronto, like they're a really good team. It's just like they just kind of choke in the playoffs. I wouldn't say they're a really good team, even. I think you can say that about like they've got such a lethal offense, but Edmonton they lost really heavily lean towards the two, you know. Yeah, they need some other players to rely on. Yeah. And their and defense is not better. They need to, I they need to get a decent veteran goalie. Um, maybe like, I I think they can maybe try to get Robin Leonard. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I think I think Edmonton's doing great as of now. Just keep just keep you know falling out of the playoffs and getting I mean, yeah. Out. They are young. <laughs> Their future is pretty bright. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the Edmonton, the Edmonton playing really Yeah, yeah. Well. Just do, just do what you're doing, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for your your organization because your general manager was just uh, can't even explain the words the decisions he made. But <laughs> good luck. Luck, Edmonton. That's all I'll say. <laughs> maybe, maybe one more great draft pick will help you out. We'll see. Picking 14th overall, not your best lottery, but I'm pretty sure Montreal was like at the very bot. Like it was the they were at the borderline of making it into the round robin, right? And then right below Montreal was, I'm pretty sure it was Buffalo, and Buffalo got really pissed at that because they thought they could make it to a round robin. But then now here's Montreal, who just just wrecked the 
Pittsburgh Penguins, and now they're up on the now they're now they're challenging the Philadelphia Flyers. Do you have, do you think it could have happened to Boston? I mean Buffalo. Too? Um, no, I don't think so. But also, yeah, that's a good point to talk about. Montreal was the last, the twenty fourth team to make it, and that was a huge upset against Pittsburgh. And that was a confident team, a confident Carey Price, and I think like j- just by uh, watching and listening to what Jack Eichel said about his team and how he was like, I kind of want out because this team's not going to do it. I think that I don't, I definitely don't think they would have beat Pittsburgh. Not a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if Jack, I can see Jack Eichel going to Islanders. Not going to lie. That, that would be, that would be even better for New York. But, yeah. yeah, if if Jack Eichel pulls a big baller move, he's gonna try to go to Toronto. Nah, <laughs> imagine that middle line, John. Zach! But they saw him in Boston. Jack Eichel. Wow. How about you come to Vancouver? Well, well actually, I, I don't even think we have room. But like, um... I mean, we can't. We, if we got Jai Coco, are we really gonna put Horvat be on the third line? Like, honestly, we could like even Horvat on the third line. I like a lot of people said and kind of agree in the playoffs. I wouldn't mind Horvat on the third line, grinding down opponents and like scoring key goals. But yeah, I don't think we need Jack Eichel either. Don't fix what's not broken, right? So, and Jack Eichel, I heard he has some problems in the dressing room. I didn't think there was, but. He thinks he's carrying the team all by himself. Like, I don't think you want that kind of, you know, mindset in the Canucks dressing room right now. Well, and, oh, mm-hmm. nothing. You can go. Oh, oh. Um, even if, if we do get Jack Eichel, we wouldn't have room for Markstrom or Tannis. Yeah, he has like Andrew. a mill no, no cap. So, yeah, no, that would really. So, now, nah. definitely, no. One of the, I would say, I would say the worst contract, but definitely not worth the contract. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I don't think Carey Price's contract is a bust. People say it's a bust, but I don't think Yeah, so. well, his few, first few years of his contract, he was a bit, you know, not playing like... He wasn't, he wasn't prime price, yeah, for sure. But he's starting to pick up back up, pick back up again right now. And in the playoffs, it's it's very important to his team. And, it's yeah. where Matt, yeah, very. He's carrying the team right now. <laughs> nice. I'm worried about the Pedersen signing though. This is after is. Pretty sure after this year, it would be next year. It would be yeah, but year, I think right? I don't really worry about that. I think this year free agency might be a problem because like Toffoli, Tanev, Marchum. But when uh by the time Pedersen and Hughes need to be signed, Beagle, Sutter, all those contracts are gonna be coming to an end. So I don't. I think Pedersen will is. I think Pedersen's the type of player that will be generous with his contract i can agree with that yeah for sure honestly i can see Pedersen and hughes being a bit generous with their contract because i can see tan of taking a pay cut even like mm-hmm. on his uh, if you want because he wants to stay in vancouver 
Yeah. I think we all know that. But yeah. Honestly. Like, I think yeah, it's it's a proven fact that Vancouver players are just good people and like they they love the team more than the money, I guess. Like it's, it's hard to say that for everyone, but like I love William Nylander, but like him, Mitch Marner, um and yeah, like I think Patterson, Corvette, Brock Besser, like Tanev, even maybe Markstrom, who knows? Like I think they they're willing to take pay cuts to stay on the team and for like our benefit. So I can't believe we even had Leipzig on our team. <laughs> I like Leipzig at one point. I thought he was a pretty good player, but yeah. Um not the best person for sure. And yeah, he's not in a good spot right now, but yeah. Uh anything you want to add, Joe, there? Um no, not really. Markstrom, is he gonna be generous with his contract? I'm I think he could. Sure. I honestly um also agent like you know players agents has a, a lot to do with it just because of players like yeah i'm willing to agents might be like no 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 this is better for your future because you know marchum's like 30 now keep uh, like older players want term for sure and like comfort yeah but um, we'll see we'll see i'm not quite sure if he said i love vancouver i'm not he quite did. sure if he said and, that um you can tell how much he was playing for us and how nice of a guy, how funny of a guy. He's he's mentioned it that he loves Vancouver. He wants to stay here. Um maybe he loves the city. I'm not quite sure about because sometimes the Canucks that's are true, so but great. Like, and he sees that he knows that. He knows the team relies on him. And there are times when he doesn't he plays his best, but the team still loses. I'm pretty sure just like the um okay, I don't want to talk about that blues game, but um, that was very frustrating for him, or the Tampa Bay game. I don't want to talk about that game either. Like, definitely, that was just because he, it wasn't his very, it wasn't at his greatest performance. But definitely with the Blues game, he, it was at his best performance, and it just toppled down. And um, I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. When you're in Marston, like, you might like, like the team, yeah. you might like the city, but you're like, you know, they rely on me a little too much, maybe. And it's not where I want to be, but we'll see. Um, I think there's a lot more to talk about, especially with the playoffs right now. And I think that's his only goal, as well as every contract that's expiring for Vancouver. So I think that's what they're focusing on right now. So free agency is something we'll talk about and something that'll be very interesting to talk about in the future. But that's a topic and a conversation to have for All right. Um, I think that that about wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you for, thank you for right. joining me, Andy, Andy, and Joseph. You guys are great. Thank uh, you for inviting us. And any great to have you know, like I, like I don't say this a lot. But like I, it takes it takes a lot for me to respect someone that's like a, a sports enthusiast, someone that can talk sports, and I definitely thank you too. One of my good, like, close family friends I've known for a long time. I respect you guys as fans, especially Canucks fans. And that's why I invited you as one of my first guests. So, yeah, thank you for your opinions. And I'm sure viewers are watching from, you know, Spotify and all that, all that stuff on Facebook and stuff. They'll really agree with your points. I agree with a lot of your points. And it's great to hear different things that I wouldn't have thought of. And... 
Yeah, good luck to good luck to Vancouver, who's going up against St. Louis again Sunday, and I think Monday Game Four. I think it was, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was the exactly. day right after. But yeah, thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.